Today on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm talking about the things I hear every day on my couch in my office, the common symptoms of menopause. Hi, and thanks for joining me on this episode of Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan. And I wanted to talk today about this amazing job that I have. I get to listen all day long to women who are suffering with symptoms of menopause. And I'm 53, as I've told many of you before, and I've been through menopause uh, for the past few years and um, you know, finally now starting to feel amazing with uh, hormone optimization. And it's so incredible to be in my shoes because I get to hear the most intimate stories all day long. And you wouldn't believe the stuff I hear. So I put together a list in my mind of things that I hear every day. And the, the point of sharing this is really just to normalize these things because so many of us feel that something is wrong with me. You know that feeling that something's wrong with me? No one else has this. It must only be me. You know, when I've started the practice that I have now at Complete Midlife Wellness Center, and I'm seeing patients now from all over the world. So today, for example, I saw patients by telemedicine all day from all over the country and outside the country, Africa, Ireland, you name it. All over the world, women are feeling exactly the same things. And some of the accounts are so amazing that you think that they must have called each other to talk about it. And there are things that I felt too. So I want to share those with you because... If you're feeling those too, my hope is that it's going to release you a little bit from this feeling that something's wrong with me and just let you understand there's nothing wrong with you, first of all. If you're uh, going through menopause or perimenopause, if you're you know, usually 40 or older, but sometimes these things can happen even when we're in our 30s, uh, you know, certainly 50-ish would be the most common age group. Uh, but without exception, there's a feeling of something's wrong with me, like I'm the only one. And so let's talk about these things because they're um, some of them are things that we've all heard about. And some of them are more subtle things that often make us think we are kind of going crazy. And when I was going through menopause, I thought I was going crazy. And that's not a good feeling. So let's chat about some of those. So just going back to basics just for a little a refresher on all the stuff that we didn't learn in our health class or even in medical school either. Just FYI, most doctors don't know anything about this either. Um, but when we when we go through menopause, which is um, the time where we stop releasing eggs from our ovaries, so our ovaries stop producing three really important hormones, which are estradiol, that's a type of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So these three major hormones essentially go away. Now, the estradiol and the progesterone pretty much disappear, and we might have a little bit of testosterone production, but it has declined since we're 25. So, you know, we all have a car, and I've talked about this before, but we put good gasoline in our car, we take good care of our car, we take good care of our pets and our houses, but, you know, I feed my dogs grain-free dog food and all this special stuff to keep their coats healthy. But, you know, when you think about taking these hormones away, just imagine what that's doing to our system. Yet we don't treat ourselves even as well as we do our pets, or let alone our car, but even our dogs. In my case, I paid a lot more attention to my dogs than I did my own self-care. Um, so when you take these hormones away, here are some of the things that happen. First of all, insomnia 
Um, and if you saw the interview that I did with Dominique Soxa on her YouTube channel, and if you uh, live in Houston or even if you live anywhere, most people know who Dominique Soxa is. Check, check out her YouTube channel because we did a really cool interview about this subject because she and I are about the same age or very close, and we've both been through this. And both of us had the worst insomnia um, starting at about age 45. And when I talk to women all day long, every patient has insomnia. And it's not just insomnia, but it's a very specific type of sleep pattern where normally we can fall asleep pretty easily because we're so goddamn tired because we haven't been sleeping. But then we wake up after just a few hours and it's the worst feeling ever. I remember when this was happening to me, I'd roll over and look at the clock and I just pray that it was like 6am, but it was 1am. And I just thought, oh no, I can't do this again. And then you're awake for hours and I would get up and do some work or watch TV or count sheep and count sheep backwards and every kind of sleep meditation app that exists and then finally fall asleep around five and then your alarm goes off and so when you do this over and over again and this is the this is the classic perimenopausal and menopausal sleep pattern and it happens because we our brain is just full of receptors for these hormones and when they're taken out of our system by nature very abruptly around age 50 and even you know, more so even from 40 on, they're starting to decline. The centers of our brain that deal with uh, sleep function just get screwed up. So we can't sleep. And to me, it felt like being jet lagged all the time. Like I would fall asleep at my desk at noon. And then at 1am, I couldn't sleep. It's like you don't know which way is up. Uh, So the sleep center in our brain is absolutely affected by hormone deprivation. And it's so interesting that I hear this every single day from every single patient, the same thing, go to sleep, wake up, can't go back to sleep. And what happens apart from being exhausted and grumpy and moody and forgetful and um, feeling like your brain is in a fog and that you've lost your sharpness and all these other things that are a result of sleep deprivation. And you probably remember, you've heard that they used to use sleep deprivation as a form of torture back in the old days. They probably still do some places. But chronic sleep deprivation can make you go crazy, for real, psychotic. Um, so when you don't sleep for more than a few hours for prolonged periods of time, you it just is a deal breaker for having a happy, peaceful life. So that happens. And then on top of that, your body thinks that some kind of crisis is happening. And so we produce more stress hormones. And you might have heard of these hormones, including cortisol, which is something you don't want in high levels in your body, because when our cortisol is high, we go into survival mode, and we just start making fat to store because maybe our primitive brain thinks we're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger or something like that, and we need to store a whole bunch of fat for some really long Arctic winter that's no longer going to happen. So we get fat around the middle. And we all know that we get fat around the middle as we get older, but not many of us know that one of the primary reasons for that is sleep deprivation. So it's it's super interesting, and so I, I hear this all day, and if this is happening to you and you're 40 to 60 or any age, it's just really important to understand that this is 
I'm going to use the word normal, and then I'm going to follow by not optimal. So normal meaning common, more people than not have it. So that, I guess, is one definition of normal. But it's absolutely not optimal, and it can be uh, corrected, so to speak, because you're already perfect. We don't need to fix you, but your hormones are not optimal. And so optimizing them, and I like to use that word because I don't like fixing people. People are perfect already. They don't need to be fixed. There's nothing wrong with you. But your hormones are not uh, functioning optimally, and that completely messes up your sleep and then all the other things I mentioned. So the, the number of times I hear that, I could not count. I talked to every single patient I talked to today had insomnia, and it was all that same pattern. So I don't know where this information is published. Um, as a physician, I wasn't taught it. Uh, so what I was taught was that when you have depression, you have a similar sleep pattern. And so more often than not, if you go to a, a doctor who doesn't specialize in menopause, they're going to give you an antidepressant to treat this type of insomnia, which is just the worst thing ever to do because not only does it not help, but it actually creates a whole bunch of other side effects, including wiping out your sex drive. So let's talk about that because that's another thing I hear all day long from every single person that when we're 40 and older, more often than not, and in my study that I did, 93% of women in this age group, 45 to 65, experienced a dramatic drop in sex drive. And so sex drive, um, and I talked about this in the last episode, I really equate with life drive, just like wanting to do stuff. And Sex drive is driven by so many things, obviously uh, relationship, connectedness, and the way we feel about our bodies and uh, resentment and, and lots of psychological things that are from above the neck. But on a, another level, also driven by testosterone, which is a really important hormone for women, not just men. And so if you're in the large group of people who associate testosterone with men, and think that women shouldn't have any. It's a thing that men have and women don't. That's just uh, what we were taught, but it's actually not true. We produce testosterone as well as women. Granted, much less than men, but our testosterone declines from about age 25 on. And when we get to around menopause, it can be unmeasurably low. If you've had your ovaries removed especially, it can be literally zero. Um, and without testosterone, it's very difficult to uh, have a, a great sex drive when we're older. Now, when we're 20, we can have a great sex drive, you know, when the wind blows. But when we're 50, we kind of need all the help we can get. So testosterone reduction that happens over time is one of the major components that leads to low sex drive. Now, put on top of that, you're not sleeping, so you're exhausted, you're getting fat, so you're not happy with your body image, and you don't want anyone to see you naked, and then it just compiles on top of one thing and another um, so that you don't want to have sex. And what I hear all day, and I experience this myself, is that a very common pattern um, that you might be experiencing is that you will consent... I mean, it's not that it's terrible. It's just that you wouldn't ever initiate because it's like you'd rather not. So kind of I say this in my book, too. It's kind of like going to the gym for most people. I happen to love working out, but that's weird and most people don't. But I actually love working out. So I love working out. Most people, they have to force themselves to go. But when they go, they're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to do it three times a week. 
sex is kind of like that when we're menopause. So it's like, yeah, I'd rather not go, but I guess I can do it. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but you're not going to initiate most likely. And that's so common. I hear that all the time. So uh, again, when our hormones are optimized, we get that desire to initiate back again, back like when we were in our 20s, when sex sounded like a great idea, like I'd rather do that than watch TV, which is not the case for most of us. We would much rather watch TV than have sex. And if you feel like that, then you belong to the huge group of everybody else who feels like that from all over the world because I talk to them all day. And we just need to get this information out so that we're not sitting feeling like there's something wrong with me. Like maybe I'm the only person who feels like this because if you're watching Sex and the City or Cougars or whatever other nonsense is on TV about what people's sex lives apparently are like, that is a bunch of BS and um, unless you are like taking uh, bioidentical hormones and then have already gone through this process, that's very unlikely to be what your life looks like. And so we're seeing these images and things about what we're supposed to be doing and feeling very left out of that situation. But then the reality is that almost everybody's feeling the same way. So if you have that, please don't feel like there's anything wrong with you. And secondly, please understand there is a way to feel better again. And that's what the book is about, about sexually woke. That's what this podcast is about. It's about the the optimism that we can wake up out of that state of feeling like that's just dead because I hear that all day long. It's just dead. I don't have any feelings below the waist anymore. And I felt like that too. And another thing which is related is uh, vaginal dryness. So, uh, we don't talk about vaginal dryness very much. You know, you go to the, uh, we have Walgreens here in Houston, but your local pharmacy, and they've got all these different uh, products that are lubricants, but they're just sort of sitting there, but we don't really talk about it. It's just sort of understood that when you're a certain age, you need this stuff. But wouldn't it be awesome if you didn't need that stuff because you still produced your own vaginal moisture? Uh, so, what happens when our estrogen level drops is that uh, we stop producing normal, well, let me, I don't like the word normal. We stop producing the more youthful amounts of vaginal moisture in response to uh, sexual arousal. And so the vagina is really dry and this, it's like painful. And so we're going to recoil from anything painful. Who wants to do something that hurts? If someone's coming towards me with something that looks like it's going to hurt, I'm going to tighten up, back away, you know, not going to want to, you know, do that for sure. Because the without estrogen, the cells, and uh, don't worry, if you come see me, I will not biopsy your vagina, but other people have done this for me. So you can look at pictures online of what uh, vaginal cells look like when you biopsy them in a woman who's been uh, lacking in estrogen for some time. The cells look flat and like thin and kind of like paper. In a woman who's 30, they look kind of like a puffy donut with a jelly center. <laughs> like It's like a, a round, puffy cell with like moisture goblets in the middle. Totally different looking. And then it flattens out and becomes like paper. And that's just because of estrogen loss. So you can imagine what it's like to have sex when you have the puffy donuts with the jelly center versus the flat paper. And I think about getting a piece of tissue paper and pulling it. It's going to crack 
and have like little linear paper cuts. And that's what it feels like to have sex when you have vaginal dryness. It hurts like crazy. And who wants to do that? Um, and you can buy all the lubricant on the world. Um, uh, by the way, if you do need lubricant, there's a product called Astro Glide that I love because it's really great. But the hope is that you won't need it. But anyway, get Astro Glide in the meantime because it's awesome. And um, But what that's doing is just putting moisture over unhealthy tissue. I uh, say it's like painting rotten wood. You know, if you paint rotten wood, it's going to look pretty for a little while, but underneath it's not healthy. So it would be better, I think, to cause your own body to produce its own moisture. And that's what estrogen replacement does. Um, You can either put it in the vagina or take it throughout your whole system. But if you're feeling like vaginal dryness is an issue and sex hurts, yeah, welcome to being menopausal. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. I hear this all day. And it can be optimized so that you don't have to suffer with that because uh, my opinion clearly because I'm doing this podcast is that your sexual being is a really important part of who you are. And and it's a huge loss to let that go. Um, we And you don't have to. And uh, life is fuller and richer if you can keep that present. So vaginal dryness, we can make that go away. Uh, there's this thing that happens to our brain when we take these hormones away that makes us forgetful and lose our memory, um, not be able to like find a word. So if you're listening and you can relate to this, um, I had an experience myself where I literally could not remember my phone number. When somebody asked me what it was, I was on the phone. I remember it well because it was so scary. And uh, I was maybe a vendor like a I don't know, gas company, electric company or something. And they asked me the phone number of the phone that I was talking on. And I did what patients with Alzheimer's do, which is start lying to pass time. Like, oh, uh, well, I have a new phone and I blah, 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 blah. Like you're trying to just um, fill in the gap while your memory is trying to catch up. And that is a, a technique that Alzheimer's patients use. And so then I'm thinking I have Alzheimer's. And after maybe 20 seconds, I did remember my phone number. But uh, for that 20 seconds, it's terrifying because you think you um, have a brain tumor or that you have early onset dementia or something else like that. Or in the old days when we used to go to parties, which of course we don't anymore because of COVID, but uh, many of you have experienced because I hear it every day. You're at a party with your significant other and your friend that you've had for 20 years comes up and you cannot remember her name. (laughs) And you spent 10 years together and traveled through Europe together and you know her almost better than anyone, but you can't remember her name. And so uh, a technique that many of us use that you might resonate with is you tell your significant other before the party to just dive in there and introduce themselves and say, hi, my name is whatever, so that you don't have to have that really uncomfortable moment when you cannot remember your very good friend's name. So if that's happening to you, you're not crazy. You do not have Alzheimer's disease. Probably we'd want to check, make sure you don't have a brain tumor, but more than likely it's just from a hormone deprivation because uh, it's in there. You know, the filing system has that name in it, but you cannot find it. And I've had uh, that problem before, and it's better now with my hormones optimized, but 
you can't find a word. It's like, what is the word for the thing? And it's it's terrible, and it makes you feel very old and slow. And for people who, all of us need to be on top of things right now. I don't doesn't matter what your job is really, but so I'm a doctor, I'm a surgeon. I can't be uh, not remembering stuff. You know, I'm operating on people and and having to talk to people about really important things. And most of you or all of you are doing really important things too. No matter what your job or relationship status. You're driving cars. You're um, operating heavy equipment. (laughs) You know, we can't um, walk around like that. It's not safe and it feels terrible. So if you feel like that, you're not alone. Another thing that I hear all the time, and this one's really funny because I just uh, realized that we all do this quite recently. And so... um, you can laugh because you probably do this too if you're in this situation. Um, have you ever done the thing where you set up a thing to do in the future? Like, I'll just pretend it's not COVID. Like, um, let's go out to dinner with the Joneses on Saturday, and that's Monday. And that sounds like a really great idea on Monday. And so you make the time and you set the appointment, make the reservation, what have you. And then on Saturday morning, you wake up and it sounds like the worst idea ever to go out to dinner with the Joneses because I don't want to get dressed and put on makeup because I'm too tired and I don't really have anything to talk about because I'm just feeling kind of blah. And I think I'd rather just drink a bottle of wine and watch Netflix. And so I'm going to call them and tell them that I'm sick And so I do that, and then I feel horrible because I just lied to one of my really good friends. And everybody does that. So if you do that, I promise you, not only are you not the only one, but if you don't do that, you're in a really small group. Um, And that's part of this just lack of drive to do stuff. Like Part of us knows that it's a great idea because the week before it sounded like a great idea, but when it comes close to the time, it's like, ugh. Like, I'd just rather stay in bed. Like, I can't put clothes on and do my hair. It's just too hard. Um, So lack of testosterone, again, that leads to just lack of drive to do stuff. Um, And when we get that optimized, and I'm not superwoman or anything, and all my patients who are treated feel the same way, I actually want to do stuff now. And if you talked to me five years ago, I was doing that thing I just told you all the time. And just didn't really want to do anything. Or I would drag myself to it and just can't wait to leave. Like um, all I just wanted to do was go to sleep because I was tired because of all the things we talked about, not sleeping and hormone deprivation. So I just think that's a funny thing, the rescheduling thing. (laughs) And we all do it. Um, We talked about fat around the middle. I just want to address that a little bit more everybody, I can't think of an exception, and I've been seeing patients for 22 years, and I can't think of an exception, um, everybody gains weight. And it's it's horrible, and, you, and you'll see your regular doctor, and they'll say, well, you're just eating too much, or, you, you know, keep a food diary, or you just need to eat less and exercise more, or, or some other useless piece of advice that you already know because you've been on every possible diet ever and you've already exercised till the cows come home, but you're still getting fatter and you're lifting weights, but you're not building any muscle and you just want to 
beat your head against a brick wall because nobody will listen to you and they think you're nuts and they send you to a psychologist or something like that. And this happens every day when the, the truth is that you're gaining weight because your metabolism is being attacked in like 15 different ways by uh, the aging and menopausal process. So we already talked about sleep deprivation, increasing cortisol. So that's a huge one. So you've got this high level of cortisol, most likely, which is a deal color for weight loss and puts fat on around the middle, especially. So we lose fat from the places we want to keep it, like on our booty, and we stick it on the middle so we get the muffin top tire thing. So that's one thing. Our thyroid gland, which is in your neck, and it controls your metabolism, almost inevitably starts to slow down because like all our other body parts, it's getting older and it's not functioning optimally. I cannot count on if I had 500 hands, the number of times that I've seen a patient who says, well, they told me my thyroid was normal and I've had it checked about 100 times. And it is, I'm making air quotes, normal. Um, if you look at the normal range on the piece of paper, but uh, the patient is telling me every single symptom of low thyroid, weight gain, constipation, coldness, um, dry skin, hair loss, brittle nails. There's a whole big list. You can look it up on Google of symptoms of low thyroid. And when we look at it more closely, because unfortunately a lot of physicians are in a big hurry because they only have 10 minutes and um, – they're not able to look at it very closely. But when we look at it closely, it could still fall within normal range. But you could have lost 50% of your thyroid function from five years ago and still be in normal range. But it doesn't feel good. So again, it's normal, but not optimal. And so um, that's another thing that attacks your metabolism. So we've got cortisol. We've got low thyroid, very likely. The low testosterone, which leads to muscle loss. So when we have low testosterone, which is a normal state of affairs as we get older, we lose muscle and we gain fat. So we may even be the same weight, but we've had a shift in composition, body composition. So if we put you on my body composition machine, there's a, a diagnosis I call being skinny fat, which I had and many people have. Yeah, your your weight is is, is, is great and, and you're still fitting in your jeans, but you're flabby and squishy and you've got no muscles and you don't feel strong and you don't look good in a swimsuit anymore. But yes, you might be the same weight. More likely you're not the same weight. You're actually heavier and your body composition has shifted so that you're uh, much more uh, heavily weighted towards fat than muscle. So that's an extremely common thing. Um, I hear every day I gained 10 pounds, 20 pounds, fill in the blank number in the past two years, and I didn't do anything different. Differently? Is that right? And that is exactly what happens. You didn't do anything different. You're still, you're still eating well. You're still exercising, but the weight's just coming on out of nowhere because your metabolism slowed down. So uh, cortisol, thyroid, testosterone dropping, all of those things together, um, you know, it, it makes it almost impossible to lose weight. Um, I've seen patients who were religiously following a keto diet and going to the gym five times a week 
and they're not losing any weight or building any muscle because of these issues. So if you feel like you're in that group, absolutely happens if anybody tells you that uh, menopause does not slow down your metabolism, they have clearly never been in menopause. So it happens. It's real. And it causes fat in all the places that we don't want. The other thing I want you to know is that it is reversible. So it's not forever. It's not something you can't, uh, again, I don't like the word fix, but you can't optimize. Uh, definitely with hormone optimization, yes, we still have to eat right and exercise, but um, you can you can get that back again. You can have muscle tone again. You can get rid of the fat. You can lower your body fat percentage back to where it should be. Um, and speaking of that, many of us don't know that as women, <clears throat> I've been talking all day, so I'm losing my voice a little bit, but as women, it's very, very healthy to have a body fat percentage around 25%. So that might sound like a lot, but about 25% is um, is great because we still look feminine. We're not look like a skeleton. If it gets under 20%, we're looking too skinny and it can look very aging. When it's over 30%, we're starting to get a little uncomfortably uh, fluffy. And then higher numbers are just flat out unhealthy. So just keep in mind, we don't want to have no body fat. Body fat's really good. Um, about 25% of our weight should be body fat, but um, probably not too much less or more than that. Um, so those are some of the things that I hear every day. And I'm, I'm going to leave it at that for today, I think, because um, that's a lot to think about. And if you have these things, again, I mentioned this in the beginning, the point of the sharing, and it's in my book, Sexually Woke, we, we talk about it all the time. We will keep talking about it on this podcast and on my website, that you're not alone um, and there's nothing wrong with you. And so if we can come out of our closets that we create or like I talked about last week of, of our boxes that we create for ourselves where we're feeling very trapped and and. and supported and isolated and start sharing these stories with each other. And that's what I'm trying to do with this uh, talk today is just to share that this is what we feel and it's okay and you're not alone. And it's like a big gigantic um, around the world hug women's circle because in Africa and Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, England, every other place in the planet, Women are feeling the same exact things. They're canceling their tennis on Saturday because they'd rather just sleep in and they're not going out to do the things they used to do. They're pretending to be asleep so they don't have to have sex with their husband. They're uh, wearing all kinds of different undergarments to hide their uh, muffin top tummy. These are things that are happening everywhere. And so if it's happening to you, you're not alone. And uh, you can find help. And somebody like myself or hopefully some other providers uh, that you can find can help you with this so that you can find your old self back again because she's not dead. She's just taking a nap. So we can wake her up again. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you learned something interesting. And uh, you can find me uh, in the links below, Complete midlifewellnesscenter.com in Houston. And again, I talk to patients from all over the world. So wherever you live, if you need help, um, uh, we're here to help. And I'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.